everyone and welcome to the Winking F1 podcast. Nigel's laughing already, which just says what type of episode it's going to be. It is the Spanish Grand Prix preview. If you think we look similar to our Imola review, not Imola review, Portuguese Grand Prix review, then there's a reason for that. Because the same people. The day later. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be a shorter episode just talking through. We're just going to be previewing the race where normally our race previews are about 80% non-race, 10% race and 10% quiz. We're going to have about 98% race and 2% quiz with just one question that I've just thought of now. So you've got all that to look forward to. But joining me, as always, on this um, rainy, miserable Tuesday evening in Sheffield are Freddie Coates and Nigel Chew. How are you both? Hungry, man. I'm really hungry, but... I'm, I'm happy to do this quick last minute podcast in the middle of the night. Hungry for debate and chat? You've come to the right place. Oh, what a yeah. segue. I'm hungry to hear I, how yeah, Nigel is. I like, I like debating. What was that last bit? I said, I'm hungry to hear how Nigel is. How are you? I, I'm, I'm good, yeah. Nothing's changed in the last 28 hours or whatever. <laughs> Tell you that. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit more like 30. Oh, yeah. 30 odd? Who knows? 36. Oh, 28. Mm. Oh, it's more. It's about 30. Oh. Yeah. Two hours different. And then kind of forgot that between thinking it and saying it. But yeah, it's been a chaotic start to the episode. And that will continue. The Spanish Grand Prix is a divisive race, or the Catalonia is a divisive track. Some people like it mediocrely, and some people. Really don't like it and think it shouldn't be on the F1 <laughs> on the F1 calendar. So where do we come down on that? I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a mixture of that. I kind of think it's it's not great for racing. It's really not a racing track, but as a driving track, it's brilliant. I think it's a great qualifying track, and I think you, we have had some really good races there. I think back to 2017 with a showdown between Hamilton and Vettel. Um, 2016 when the Mercedes were wiped down, had a showdown between two rebels and two Ferraris. Um, you think back to um, 1996 as a massive wet oh, race. That was a big jump. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm giving myself. I'm giving myself a bit of crazy, crazy jumps. Um, one was another good one. Um, Maldonado, 2012. Maldonado, 2012. Um, 2002 was, was great. I think that was Ralph Schumacher one. That was a really good one. Uh, there have been great races there, but there also have been absolute duds, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like Freddie, but it's it's one of those things where it's that, it's that old F1 cliche, it's F1, anything can happen. And given what's happened this year, we've had Hamilton and Verstappen go wheel-to-wheel three times out of three races. I think we've been spoiled almost. And I think I think, I think we should really try, try and enjoy at least this early phase of the season as much as possible, just like 2017, 2018, because I can't remember the last time the two heavyweights or the two best drivers in the sport have gone wheel to wheel over three consecutive races. And if it happens this weekend, then wow, it'll be it'll be on. Uh but yeah, I think it, it will be interesting. One of the good things about Spain is that it is on it is high on tire degradation. So we might yes. get a few stopper and we've seen the pit stop phases this year between the Mercs and Red Bulls and up and down the midfield as well. Uh the pit stop phase has been really exciting, especially with Red Bulls uh, quick pit stops. So I think it could be more exciting race than usual while we're getting laughed at. 
Oh, you're not getting laughed at. I'm laughing at Adam because he's a um, mime artist. Um, but one thing that um, I have noticed in the past couple of hours is the weather forecast for Sunday. Um, um, sunny spells with lots of showers. So who knows? Not to get even more hype into this hype train of Catalonia we've suddenly got. I think it's because we're hyper because we only said we'd start this pod- recording this podcast five minutes ago. But um, I think... Who knows? If you have a wet race there, crazy. Fun fact, if the Spanish Grand Prix happened on the original date it was meant to last year, it would have been torrential rain. Then it wouldn't have happened then. Yeah, there wouldn't have been torrential rain. Anyway. It would have, it would have sodded off for a bit. Yeah, I missed the <laughs> Spanish Grand Prix. I might have been on for the preview, actually, and then I think the race happened while I was on holiday. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to my debut as a Spanish Grand Prix reviewer. Um, Spanish uh, I, 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 <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Um, Patafas the... Adams. <laughs> Bocadillo. Um, I, I agree more. with what Nigel said, to be honest. <gasps> like, we can get all... No, we can get all... Iberico Adams. What? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of other tapas names. I got Iberico Adham. Um, sorry, I'm completely disrupting your actually quite interesting flow. Yeah, well, it's kind of not flow. It's been <laughs> dammed up for now. Um, and Does anyone know any know, other tapas? And damn, that's not helping. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think you see a lot of, especially the first two races. There was a lot on track limits and. Hamilton lapping himself and there's all of this kind of going on that's you know fun debates to have as long as it Mm. stays fun but yeah like Nigel said it is this is a genuine F1 season or at least part of the season (laughs) that we should enjoy and yeah just make the most of and I think it's the feeling of going to these tracks I mean as Mm. I've said previously kind of I wasn't too impressed by Portimao Imola last year but just the feeling that I had when F1 was coming to them this year was just so much more exciting because it does feel like each race could be a really important moment in the championship. And that's just what we want as fans. And yeah, I think I'm I'm looking forward to Barcelona because I think it could be like Nigel said, there'll be some strategy involved. And I think that's where it will be decided. And I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, there's been. I think part of part of it is Red Bull's pit stops. They are so good, and it's not. It's not just noticing the ones that are 1.8, 1.9 seconds, but it's every time they have a big pit stop, especially with Verstappen, yeah. they seem to deliver, and they are making half a second on Mercedes, which is massive. And at a race like this, then that could prove the difference. I've been really enjoying the fastest lap point this year. Like in the past two years, we've had it. It's not. It's, it's proved a bit, you know, inconsequential because it's just a one point that someone can get at the last ditch at the end. But if you look at the end of Imola, it was a one point of the fastest lap that was in between the two of them. And um, there's like a couple. There's the fastest lap that was deleted for Max Verstappen at the end of the race in Portugal as well. All of these little things are so crucial, and I think that's fantastic because it means that. There's such a different level of strategy to it that every point, like you could you could take or leave the fastest lap point normally. In the past two years, we've had Hamilton in the lead of the championship by miles from race two. Whereas now, it's like every little point is going to be so important. And it's good for sprint qualifying that that's going to be an important race as well. Because those that 
three to two points is going to be massive as well in comparison to like a 25 to 18. So there's so every little scrap of potential points is so important for this. And any little slip up for these two drivers is going to be so scrutinized. Hamilton got lucky in Imola. So we're going to, it's going to be, it's so, so interesting to see how that goes. Freddie has jumped the shark. Yeah, I, I think it's, and it was interesting for, <laughs> oh, yeah. for Portimao. Was so it, was, not lucky. it was interesting the other, to see it the other way that um, Bono came on the radio to Hamilton and said, oh, the others are going for the fastest lap point, should we? And he said, no, he didn't want to. He didn't want to risk his win. And I thought that was very interesting as well because he is such a competitor. He was on the last lap anyway, so he couldn't have done it. I, it's, I assume... it's different when you're in the lead. If you, it's different when you're in the lead as well. Like you can't, you can do it if other people do it. But like, no, no, he, he couldn't have done it because if he no. paid, he would have been on the last lap. I assume well, no, they played Bono the radio message. The, the radio message yeah. was played on the last lap. Yeah, but Bono's not that paid the lap, the lap before, so you can't. You they have... knew when the. They, oh, that's good. Mm. You can't. But there was, was it, were Perez going for it as well? Yeah, but you wouldn't. That still wouldn't mean that Verstappen's doing it. No, but I that think it, because you just said the others lap, are going for so it. It couldn't really react. Because yeah, he, that was a weird no message laps. now we think yeah. about it. Let's not get bogged down in that. But, but anyway, later yeah, on in the season. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Down. But yeah, I'll, I'll, just one more thing on the fastest lap is it's it feels like it's like one point per race or one point on its own kind of won't make the difference. You know, even with the cars so tightly... Um, Locks, I'd you know, I'd be surprised if the championship is decided by a single point, but it's yeah. just that whole mentality of doing every single thing you can every race to try and go for it. And mm. yeah, it's, precisely you know, already, already we've seen over this season there's been a fair few, um, kind of small moments like that that Mercedes have been able to pick up on. Verstappen Bottas has got the fastest lap point twice, I believe, and obviously, um. Imola Hamilton got really lucky and got <laughs> made made it all the way back up to. Let's go crazy uh, with oh, it. And did he get the fastest? No, I don't think he did. Yeah, he but did anyway. Imola. Um, oh, okay. He had DRS on Norris, so he was able to okay. absolutely blitz it. Um, but yeah. is there is there scope for a point for everything? A point for fastest pit stop? A point for pole? A point for each qualifying session? Just to go crazy with all these little minutiae to make them push at everything? I mean, I don't Four, think that's yes, the rest. No. Yeah, I know. I was being silly, but I think qualifying, I think every qualifying, qualifying, Q1, Q2 and Q3 should well. all have a point. I saw something on a um, Facebook group about someone saying they didn't like the fastest lap and their reason was they don't like drivers pitting in the last few laps. That was it. Oh, it wasn't anything to do with devaluing the sport. I mean, <laughs> it flatters Hamilton, for a statistic point of view, it flatters Hamilton's win. It should have been four seconds ahead of a staff and not 30 seconds. But... Um, from the rest of rest of it, it was like we were able to just watch some balls to the wall cars, low fuel, um, super soft tires, um, right at the end of the race, pushing, 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 right at the end. We got to see some um, the fastest cars being the fastest cars at the end of the race. And, you know, from from what was a, a really good first half of the race and a really dull second half of the race, it kind of livened up the final five laps of the race. To be honest, from a spectator's point of view, if you're watching it. Yeah, I mean that reason Adam kind of sums up about ninety-five percent of F1 fans on Twitter and Facebook, which is why I don't interact with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but looking ahead to Spain itself, where 
how do we see things panning out there? Because it's got, in terms of track layout, it's similar-ish to Portimao. Well, that's probably the most similar track on the calendar. But as you well, said, there's the high um, degradation. It's 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 similar in terms of shape from above. Undulation entirely different, and track surface ridiculously different. Hmm. So in many ways, it makes Portimao so much of an outlier that even though this one's realistically got the kind of sort of um, fold in on itself kind of compact shape, which you have in Estoril as well and um, some other Spanish track, I think Aragon. Um, and I might not, I might be completely wrong on that. Um, Estoril is Portugal. Yeah, uh, that area of the world then. Um, Iberia. You have that in that kind of you know, Western Europe vibe. Um, and... It's kind of like it's such a such a difference because of the track track surface at Portimao. Um, so it's like Nigel says about the degradation. I think if you have this track surface at Portimao, the same layout as we had last week in terms of Portimao, um, then but with like going up, so it'd be such a different race anyway. So it's a really hard one to call. Um, I have no idea, but I think it's going to play into Rebels' hands a little bit more the better with a grippier track surface. I think so too, and I think I think Portimao was or is an outlier, and I think Spain is probably, I would say, the most representative track on the calendar. I'd say the pecking order we get this weekend will be similar to how the rest of the season plays out. I think personally, uh, yeah. and I think Red Bull. Well, like I said, like I said the other day, Red Bull could have won all three races, but I think they'll be even more in it this weekend, and I think. I think the, the run to turn one, because it's quite a long run, isn't it? Well, that, that's going to be game on. If it's Hamilton and Verstappen on the front row, <laughs> even one and three, I think we could see, not not a collision, but I think it could be fireworks and the first mm. few corners, I'd say. I want to see a Bottas-Perez front row. I want Hamilton yeah. and Verstappen to be in third and fourth fighting. I think that'd Four be... Wide. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be, wow. We're dreaming. further. I want to be. I want to see a, a Norris Leclerc front row, Perez Bottas second row, Sainz <laughs> and Ocon third row again. Yeah, even if it's not wet, even if it's dry, in that first few corners, just like 2016, could be one of the one of the moments of the season. I think. Well, Rosberg mm. took the lead in 2016 in a brilliant yeah. move around the outside of Hamilton, that's sometimes forgotten. And like. That would if, if Rosberg had won that race, which he was set to do after that, after well, after turn two, which you can't really think about, but like that could have dictated that championship in such a different way. So who knows? I mean, this is the early races, as you say, Nigel, are so like it feels so like we've had three races out of 23, but it feels like all of them have been turning points in the championship already. And it's just the expectation of another one. It, that is, is that an expectation of a turning point in the championship? We're spoiled, we're so spoiled this year. Yeah, and a, a lot of emphasis on the starts as well, which I'll be looking at for. Um, but beyond <laughs> that, as we talked about last time, I think it's interesting that you raised Perez because I he he did so well on his tyres at Portimao, and mm. we know he how good he is in that area across most of his career. So I think this could be. I know we've kind of been waiting for Perez to be a player in the battle for the lead and help Verstappen. It's not really come about so far, but I think this could be the race where he does factor in and really disrupt Mercedes' plans. I think so as well, especially if it is two stops. You know, I can definitely see them going longer. But I think I think the main thing is, well, I'm hoping that 
Red Bull and Mercedes both drivers, they have a clean qualifying because if, if one of them does miss out on Q3 like Perez did in Bahrain or there's an issue or whatever, that's going to really hurt them, I think. Uh, but that's a trap position in Spain is king, as we saw with Verstappen with, with this first win. So whoever is leading after lap one, I guess, has an advantage. But I don't know, it's just so tough with Spain, isn't it? Because the last few years, we haven't had... Um, exciting race I guess it has been quite quite dull so uh, yeah it's just going to be strategically exciting I think and I think yeah you're right Perez and, and Bottas could play a part as long as, long as they have a clean call line. Perez's um, attitude after the Portuguese Grand Prix was supreme he was so upset with fourth place and if that was um, Alex Albon last year fourth place would have been such a victory as it was in Abu Dhabi whereas for Perez to be fourth and he was so not happy with the way his opening laps went and that says it all really and you look at his pace when he got when he got past Norris he was matching the pace of the leaders so he he he's there really to be honest and it's just a case of like you say Nigel if they all get through to Q3 and they're all at the front four you can't have a case like you had last year with Valtteri Bottas getting jumped by Stroll at the start because that meant Bottas finished third, not second, and Verstappen finished second. So they need to get good getaways, all four of them. You can't get any midfield people ruining their parade because then they're out for the race. So yeah. that's the key point. This start, again, we're going back to this start is so, so key, particularly around a track that's very hard to overtake for front-running cars with so much wing. Mm. And we'll get onto predictions in a minute. But any other drivers you think it's worth mentioning to keep a lookout for this weekend? I, think, I mean, the obvious I will think be Norris. Ferrari will be strong. But, oh, sorry, Adam. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it feels, I was just about to say, it feels, as we kind of said last time, that Norris is like, he's not really a driver to look out for now because he just will be good. But sorry, carry on, Ferrari. I was going to say, I think Ferrari could be stronger. I can see them being the third best team this weekend rather than Norris or, or McLaren. Uh, I know what you mean. On, on home soil, Alonso as well. So it's always nice to see them go strong and stuff. But yeah, I think Ferrari could, could show some better form. And if uh, there is any collisions or whatever at, at the front, I think it wouldn't surprise me to see Leclerc or Sainz perhaps nick a podium if, if there are troubles. I'm 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 going to heavily agree with that. Ferrari is such a qualifying car. Um, Leclerc got fourth in the first two Grand Prix, I think, in qualifying, um, and Sainz got fifth in Portimao. And Sainz is just always on a mission at Spain. I don't think he's ever had a bad qualifying there. I think he was sixth in in like Toro Rosso in like his first race or something like that there, which was amazing. So I think I think. With the overtaking being a struggle there, I think McLaren, with a faster race pace, will try and try their best on strategy and could mix mix with them. But I think Ferrari, as such a qualifying car as we've seen, will do wonders. I'm really interested to see Alpine if they if Alonso and Ocon can carry over that pace they had um, in Portugal. If that's not just a one off, then that will be very fun to see as well. Because um, yeah. realistically, that's then setting up a top five teams with Merck, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, and Alpine, which we wouldn't have said two weeks ago yeah definitely agreed agreed with that yeah I don't know I think I've still got a bit to go before I'm kind of convinced by Alpine this season but definitely they can make definitely. that step and 
just on that, I think it's a massive shame that Alonso isn't able to race in front of a home crowd because there's it's... a thousand fans. Great. They might not really Alonso appreciate every there's single a thousand one of, of them. them. There's a thousand <laughs> um, science fans. <laughs> but they just like going down the street in Barcelona going, Oh, are you a Alonso fan? Yes. Ah, oh, come on. And then oh, are yes. ah, you Alonso in. fan? No, I like science. Ah, be gone. Uh, <laughs> you're from Madrid if you're a science fan get away um, but yeah it's because he has brought so much to kind of Spanish F1 over the past going on 20 years now um, and you know it just would have been so nice especially if he could put a good result together but there we go so moving on into predictions who do you think the highest placed Spanish driver will be Probably science, I'd have to say. Yeah. I agree, science. Unless okay. there's a new one. Like, I don't know. Unless, like... The only way he doesn't get it is reliability, I think, or a crash. Okay, do yeah. you think it's more likely that science makes the top six or Alonso makes the top ten? Alonso makes, makes the top ten. Top six. Oh. <laughs> we said That's in the sink. <laughs> You said there are different things. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Freddie, you said Alonso top ten. Nigel, you said Science top six. I think I I'll think go. Both could happen actually, but I think Science. Yeah, is more I do. Likely. I think both. But I think Alonso is more likely personally um, because Norris and Leclerc are so good. But we will see. Um, in terms exactly. of more traditional um, predictions, who's going to win and what's going the podium going to be? Verstappen's uh, going to win. Hamilton's going to be second and Paris is going to be third. Uh, Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton. Oh, Rebel 1 2. Very nice. I should have saved that. that for Monaco, actually. Oh, well. After that, I'll have to say it in two you weeks. You said as it well. for Miller as well. You can, predict a different res- you can predict the same result for a different race. Yeah. No. Otherwise, <laughs> by the end of it, it would be like Latifi. <laughs> yeah. I think Ham- uh, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, in any order, is the most um, common F1 podium now. Of all time overtook, now, 15. Overtook Vettel, Rosberg and Hamilton. That's the one. Um, yeah, I, I'm tempted to agree with Freddie, but I don't want to, so I'm going to go Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez. Um, and Bottas in fourth. Even though Norris might Freddie be able to... Freddie will be on number two side, though, because he's number one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, any more crazy, wacky predictions that people want to make? Um... Uh, not a prediction, but if it rains, I think... Yeah, I think we could see someone who's not in the big top two teams on the podium, if it does. But, yeah. Yeah. I think you said Ferrari might get a podium though. earlier. Yeah, yeah. If I can see that, yeah. Are you going to stand by that in your predictions? You're going to actually put put it on soil and say that Charles Leclerc is going to win the Spanish Grand Prix? I'm not going to go that far. My my boring predictions, what I said before, but if there is a collision or it rains, yeah, I think Leclerc will get on the podium. Yeah, also we'll win the Spanish Grand Prix. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I it feels like it wouldn't be a surprise that much if Ferrari or um, McLaren get a podium I, I, I kind of expect it to happen at some point this season and it has already happened for Norris um, yeah I think that the surprise will be if it's kind of outside of that top uh, four bracket to be honest but you know it's still it's still unlikely going into the weekend um, so yeah 
Um, interesting one to follow. And it is also the start of the Formula 3 season at Spain. Finally, we get some more feeder series racing on an F1 weekend, which is fun. Um, big names coming back. There's Logan Sargent and Frederick Vesti are probably the two, I don't know, I'm most drawn to. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think looking up and down the grid? Or just interest if you want. It's interesting because Logan Sargent and Frederick Vesti, who are both, um, I think Vesti was fourth in the title last year and Sargent was leading going into the final race before he was spun around out of his control. Um, and I thought he was going to win that and he didn't. But Vesti and Sargent were with Prima last year and this year are not. Vesti's with ART. Sargent has only just been announced with Chiroux. So Sargent's going to, really need to pull out his back pocket if he wants to make an impression with Chiroux. And Vesti's got to do a good job with ART because Prema have been the team. It's not been the team to beat. It's been the team in yeah. Formula 3. So I think it's a very, very difficult one. Just like they should be winning a lot, but it's going to be hard for both of them. Um, I think Arthur Leclerc is the, the big name there. Um, um, so who knows? It's, it's a really hard one to call. It's a 30-car field. They've got a 12-car reverse grid um, for the first race and the second race because it's the same format as they have with Formula 2. And it's not as racy as Bahrain. So, as we've alluded to a lot in this podcast with the Formula 1, that corresponds to the Formula 3. So, I don't really know. We're going to need to see how it goes. Jack Crawford, I want to say, been going all right in testing. I want to say Jack Crawford. Hmm. I think Dennis Hauger at Prima is one last season I was really excited for and he just didn't really get it together. I think he made I think he made the step up from F4, Italian F4, which he won um directly. He, he was excellent it. in the wet at the Hungarian race last year, actually, was was Hauger. Um but in terms of results, I you know, he was I think seventeenth. He was he was way down anyway, but yeah. if he can get a um, yeah, if he can get together a second good season, that'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting field as always, and it's it's hard to judge uh, F three definitely compared to F two because uh, well, I guess we just don't know as much about them or or you know a lot of there's a lot of different factors and stuff. Way to I sell think... it to the listeners. Mm. <laughs> I, I think the only the only driver I can see potentially in F1 is, is Vesti. I do rate him quite a bit. Sargent, I don't think... I, I think Sargent could have a similar eight season to Jack Aiken uh, with what he had in F2 when he when he had a good first year but then underperformed in a team that wasn't that wasn't great but he could, wasn't able to get the most out of it. And the Prima drivers, none of them are shouting anything at me, even Arthur, Arthur Leclerc. Yeah. Shouting your surname at you, but apart from I, that. There's a few drivers we should give special shout-outs to. Um, there's the Winging It F1 podcast favourite driver, Matteo Nanini, who is going to compete in both F3 and F2, who is, of course, still ready to compete in F3. He's our favourite driver as a podcast. Um, and there's one Manuel Correa, who's making a brilliant return to racing with ART um, in Formula 3. He was um, obviously the... Unfortunate driver caught up in the accident and really sadly killed Antoine Hubert at Spa in 2019. And um, he has 
been returning to walking capability and as soon as he could he's back in the car and it's absolutely fantastic to see he's been he's been doing good in testing and he is returning to racing on the F1 ticket so hats off to JMC mm. yeah and while we're on the subject of podcast favourites Rafael Villagomez for HWA Race Lab is a friend of the podcast because me and Freddie have spoken to him. We interviewed him at the British F4 Media Day last year, and we are going to put an audio of that in now. Ah, uh, wait, or maybe I'm not. I'm getting it up. Okay, it up. <laughs> I will continue. Um, so yeah, I don't. He didn't kind of have a massively standout season in uh, British F4, but it's great. It's it's the first person that we've interviewed that's been on the F1 ticket and that's fantastic I love it I hope he wins every single race he's with (laughs) Matteo Nanini um, in that HWA team so yeah I think we both really wanting them to do well I don't know about Nigel maybe he hates him with a passion (laughs) I mean there's no drivers that aren't really like them yeah, I'm glad right. you played the right thing there, Freddie. It's Rafael Villagomez. It is. It is. Um, it could have been something else. Yeah, it could have been all my other voice memos that Nigel knows about. <laughs> On that day, it could have been any one of the rest of the uh, <laughs> British F4 media grid. So, um, apart from but, apart from Christian Mansell, who we didn't yeah. speak to. No, because he had he got COVID. Anyway, no, not asthma, but you had something anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's looking down the grid, up and down the grid. There's kind of all these drivers that I think, oh, I know them from somewhere. What is it? There's there seems to be quite a few drivers who've won championships. I think Victor Martin. Right. There's some. There's another. There's a few. Alex Smolio was um tried to win races last year. He got penalised for it, but I think he did quite well. Um, Kane Frederick has done well in um, British F3. Um, Enzo for the pound. He's been at this level for ages, but he consistently decent at this level um, Ollie Colborne the same David Schumacher the same Jack Doohan did very nicely last year um, and it looks to do very hopefully in, in, a, in a poor car last year so hopefully in um, Trident you consistently go actually all right in F3 you could do all right so that's, that's the thing Adam there's, there's so many names that have done well but it's just it's just a frame of power <laughs> he's going to dominate that's what I think really Ollie Colborne yeah. Mm. That'll be spectacular as well because he's not in a frame, but like what we said. Ollie Caldwell yeah. is. Doing. Oh, doing. Um, okay. I've just got two more names thrown in there. One is Tijman, Tijman, Tijman van der Helm, who um, was did Toyota Racing Series last year and was too young to start racing mm. until halfway through and then like won in his third round, which was quite cool. Um, and the other is Clement Novelak, who is now French and it is absolutely gutting. I, he, he was, was British, British and he year. had an accent in his name. He had an accent in his name and he was British and it was incredible. And now he's not. And I'm gutted. But there's Rafael Villagomez there who does have an accent in his name and is Mexican, but we've spoken to him. So he is the, he has replaced uh, he's the goat. in. Yeah. I sometimes think um, Adam wants to put an accent in his name by deed poll just so he can have an accent that he can look at and he can sit there all day in the Zoom call. He won't just say anything. And he'll have his name in the corner. He just pointed it and go uh, at his little accent. And he'd be like, look at me, I'm Adam Nickinson or something like that. But he doesn't and have an accent with his voice, so he wants one in his name instead. 
Yeah. Yeah, that is that is that true. That Coventry I accent, can't. it's so thick. So I, I can't speak English. It's a shame. So um, that, yeah, that, I think. Sorry, last point. That Seaman person you put it out there, Adam. That just, just I've, I've, I've never watched him, but looking at some of the stuff, that that was quite good. I'll say that. Mm. I mean, yeah. yeah, like I think, like you said, it's it's just it does feel like completely um, <laughs> out of a hat. Yeah, you know, there are all these drivers that have shown well, but this is kind of the first, mm. um, you know, when the attention is really on them and you have got Sky Sports viewers tuning in. Um, that's where it comes from. But yeah, I think <laughs> definitely want to look out for, watch it or watch the highlights or whatever. And yeah, it's a good, it's a very good championship, even better than F2. In terms of madness, it is. In terms of sometimes the quality isn't quite there with the size of the grid and the kind of a bit less... Um, you can always see a car. Yes. In F3. Can on the road on the street next to me, but that's me. next week's podcast. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, Adam, um, I believe you have one question for us. Yeah, well, I've, I've yeah. So we we're doing uh, a short podcast this week mainly because we're quite busy. Um, so we're not doing a quiz for it as in the normal guys, but I did see one. Um, little snippet when I was looking across Wikipedia earlier that I <laughs> thought was quite good. So you've heard of Mick Schumacher and Michael Schumacher, but what sport does Mike Schumacher compete in? Freddie. Yep. Walking, fast walking. No. Damn it. I really thought I had it. <laughs> Is it cycling? No. I'll Is it? Is it Look, head tennis, where you hit balls with your head? <laughs> no, it's so not. In, in cross-country skiing, there's an American skier called Gus Schumacher. So that's is it him? Is it yeah. Gus Schumacher? Yeah, is it Gus Schumacher? The cross-country no, skier? It's so is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it Twister? Is it a competitive Twister? <laughs> is this going to be another edition of the Danny Cafiat Who Got the Fastest Lap in 2016 the Spanish Grand Prix? I am guessing so many sports here, honestly. <laughs> no, I think I'm I think because... I'm close. Is it is it is it is it um badminton, but um the shuttlecock <laughs> is made of um like like uh, potato with spikes in it. No. Um it, it you were, I thought I had it. Yes, it's an Olympic sport. Freddie was kind of close-ish with his first guess of I told you fast walking. walking, it's a marathon. It's athletics, it's swimming. On athletics, land. yes. It's athletics, yes. that's boring. Give him a specific athletic. Athletics. Does he, does he throw athletics. a hammer? Does he throw a javelin? Does he throw a field? Is he a long Who jump? Cares? Does he Who triple cares? jump? Athletics. Does he pole vault? Does he pole vault over hurdles? That mean I'll he win the quiz. Competed for Luxembourg in the 800 metres run at the 2009 World Championships. What a swim. Oh, right. he's, done, he's done 600 to 1500, so he's done a fair bit. I think he did 4 by 400 relay as well. Isn't the internet amazing? Um, yeah, so Nigel got that point. It's not really a proper... It's a non-championship yes. round of the quiz. All um, my guesses were so serious as well. Uh, <laughs> Such so, competition, Nigel. And for, for, a, for a bonus uh, question, say Spanish word. Eh, hey, hola. Freddie gets the point. So there ah. we go. That brings to uh, an end what? our preview of the Spanish Grand Prix, F1 Grand Prix and F2 Grand Prix. We Arriba. will be back probably for a bit longer 
um, after the race to discuss an amazing race where Leclerc wins and someone outside the big four teams gets on the podium. Go on, Yuki Snowda. Rain. Yes. No. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for listening and we will see you then. Hope you enjoy the race. Goodbye.